Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that we can't earn our place in heaven. So often we think we deserve what we get. Let me tell you, if you and I got what we deserve, we wouldn't be here this morning. Guaranteed, even after we do all that we do in obedience, we're to turn around and say, we are on profitable service. Why? Because we are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. What's the gift? The faith or the salvation? The salvation is a gift. He's given us proper perspective. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. In the Old Testament, the followers of God participated in a series of feasts that represented the incredible grace that was available to them. Well, today, Pastor Xavier takes us on a tour of these feasts as he continues his study from the book of Deuteronomy. So let's join him as we learn how great a salvation we have in Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 1 through 17. I've entitled the message, The Old Testament Feasts. The Old Testament is an amazing blueprint of God's prophetic plan for Israel and the church. To Abraham, God declared that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed in Genesis 12, 3. The statement includes both Jew and Gentile, church and Israel. For Paul clearly declares that Abraham is the father of both Jew and Gentile as they both trust believing the promises of God through faith in Romans chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. Moses remind the children of Israel about three feasts here that had to be observed by all male Jews over the age of 20 years of age. And the importance of the feast is marked by the repeated command for them to be observed as well as being cut off from Israel if they did not observe them. You get this in Exodus 23, 14 through 17, in Exodus 34, 21, and then here in Deuteronomy 16, 16, he says, Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which I, he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Three times a year for these feasts they had to go to Jerusalem. The repeated phrase over and over again is the place where your God chooses. Now, there are seven feasts in total that were given to the Jews to celebrate, all pointing to a future fulfillment. Our text right here in Deuteronomy 16, 1 through 17, provides for us three of the major feasts. And again, they are mandatory, but in the three feasts, there are two that are included in the first Passover. One of them is unleavened, which is mentioned. The second is the Feast of Firstfruits, which is not mentioned, but they occurred the same week of the Passover. So you have the Feast of Passover, unleavened, firstfruits, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, and the last one is the Feast of Tabernacles. We want to look at, the, at these feasts in three ways. First, the particular feast. Second, the prophetic fulfillment of the feast. And then thirdly, the parallel to human life and the feast. Let me read verses 1 through 8. Observe the month of Abib, or April, and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of 
Abib, the Lord your God, brought you out of the land of Egypt by night. Therefore, you shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord your God from the flock and the herd, and in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. You shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread in it. That is the bread of affliction, for you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, that you may remember the day in which you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. And no leaven shall be seen among you in all your territory for seven days, nor shall any of the meat which you sacrifice the first day at twilight remain overnight until morning. You may not sacrifice a Passover within any of your gates which the Lord your God gives you. But at the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide, there you shall sacrifice a Passover at twilight, at the going down of the sun, at the time you came out of Egypt. And you shall roast and eat it in the place which the Lord your God chooses, and in the morning you shall turn and go to your tents. Six days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a sacred assembly to the Lord your God. You shall do no work on it. Now, let's look at the particular feast. We begin with the Feast of Passover. Remember again, the Feast of Passover is the main feast mentioned here, but it is accompanied with two other feasts, unleavened and first fruits. So the Feast of Passover, first of all here, was in commemoration of their deliverance from Egypt. Verse 1 tells that very clear. They were to remember that they were delivered from Egypt. Secondly, they were to sacrifice the Passover lamb at the place where God would choose. In verse 2, did you hear repeatedly the place that God chooses, the place that God chooses over and over again? God often repeats things. It's because we are so prone to not listen. You as a parent know how often you have to tell your children, your sons and your daughters, the same thing. And he tells it to you from different perspectives. You know, sometimes he says, you know, you, you worship me and love me, first of all, above everything else. And then he gives you the flip side, the same truth from the other side. And he says, now, don't worship idols. It's the same truth from two different sides. And God hits us from different angles and he tells us the same thing. We as parents do the same thing to our children. Over and over and over again. One time I say, hey, be careful when you go out. Don't get in trouble. And you hit them from different angles. Be careful where you go. Be careful who you hang out with from different angles. Now the day was the 14th day of April. And the lamb was separated on the 10th, four days before. You find this in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 and 6. Passover is always the first full moon of spring. You can't miss it. So you didn't need some kind of calculation. It was the first full moon of spring. The feast is based on a lunar calendar. It's much better than the calendar we go under, the sun calendar. Jerusalem would be the place over and over and over again. It's repeated here. Now, notice in verse 5, they were not to sacrifice a lamb within any of their gates. This again hits at the place I choose, which is Jerusalem, from a different perspective. Why? Because people get lazy. Don't they? Ah, it's too far to go. Let's just kill that sucker here, you know? We get up and say, oh, you know, oh, it looks like rain. I won't go to church today. I don't feel that good anyway. It really doesn't take very much to discourage us from obedience, does it? And God hits it from different angles. Notice in verse 6, they were to sacrifice the lamb at twilight, at the going down of the sun, as in Exodus, at Egypt. It was in commemoration at twilight when the sun went down. They were to eat the lamb in the very place appointed, which is Jerusalem, verse 7. So at the same time, in memory of the same thing, but in a new place. And notice in verse 4, the latter portion, none of the lamb was to be left till the next morning, just like Egypt. 
The Passover could only be eaten that very night. Couldn't be saved over. You couldn't have Passover sandwiches for the next week. It was to be burnt. Okay? You throw it out. What is it eaten? Don't you wish we did that for turkey sometimes? <laughs> throw it away. That's the Passover. Now, the Feast of Unleavened Bread follows it. Notice they were to eat no leavened bread with the Passover lamb in verse 3, the first portion. No leavened bread. The feast was seven days long, and the expulsion of all leaven as a type of sin symbolized a holy walk for that duration in verse 4, the first portion. Leaven is a type of sin through the scriptures. Always, unless the context dictates that it isn't. It's always a type of sin. This was the Lamb of God. This was the Lamb to take away the sins of the nation. No sin at all. Now the feast would commence on the next day. Okay, so Passover is the 14th, right? Full moon. Can't miss it. The Feast of Unleavened would commence on the next day after Passover, the 15th of April, and would run to the 21st of April. And you get that in Exodus 12, 18. Okay? Now, the first and seventh day were Sabbath days or holy convocations. And you find that also in Exodus 12, 16. So, you got Passover. The next day begins unleavened. The first day is a holy day. No, no work, rest. The last one is a holy day. No work. In that week of unleavened, you could have three Sabbath days. The regular Sabbath, Friday sundown to Saturday, and then the first and the last day. Three Sabbaths in one week. Now, the person who would partake of leaven would be cut off from Israel. Exodus 9, 12, 19 says that. You partook of leaven, you're out. How interesting that sin is what makes us be out of joint with God. He cannot tolerate it. He will not compromise with it. He will not wink his eye at it. Sin separates us from God. And unless that sin is taken care of, we're not one with God. We have no fellowship with God. Now, the tradition of the Jews in the preparation of Passover and unleavened, uh, the unleavened feast, is interesting. Uh, they expel all leaven from the house, except they leave a little bit and they hide it for the kids to go search, kind of like an egg hunt. And when they find the kids, say, what does this mean? And the parents spills their guts and tells them all about the bondage of Egypt and how God came and how God judged them and how God, you know, delivered them and all that. And so they grow with their history. They know that's passed down. That was given to them in Exodus 12, 26, and 27. And that's the heart of it that's all through there. How they were to rehearse it to their children. Now, it's interesting that they also break one of the three breads, but they don't know why. The bread of Christ, the body of Christ broken. And they take one and they hide it, like burial, then they take it out. They don't know why, though. <laughs> they leave one chair empty at the table, open for Elisha, the one who will come before the great day of the Lord. And every year, the Father says at the end of the Passover, this year here, next year in Jerusalem, Interesting how God has put that desire on the Jews to return to Jerusalem after 2,000 years, as well as the way for them to get there. And so you have the Feast of Passover, then the very next day commences the Feast of Unleavened Bread and runs seven days. Now, the third feast is not mentioned here at all, 
but it's in the same week. You have to go to Leviticus chapter 23 and just jot it down, Leviticus 23, 9 through 14. Leviticus 23 is a key chapter. There you have all seven feasts and all the particulars of it. And also Numbers 28 and 29 give you that. And those are two important chapters to cross-reference. Now, the Feast of First Fruits found in Leviticus 23, 9 through 14. Now, this feast is not mentioned here, as I said, but it is recorded here in Leviticus. The feast celebrates the spring harvest. There are three harvests, spring, summer, and fall. This is the spring harvest. The first fruit, the barley harvest, was brought to the priest, and he offered up a wave offering before the Lord, Leviticus 23, 10, and 11. And so it was a wave offering before the Lord of the barley. The time would be the day after the Sabbath of the Feast of Unleaven. Follow that. The time would be the day after the Sabbath of the Feast of Unleaven, which would make it what? Sunday. The day after Sabbath is Sunday. Now, the feast called for a lamb for a burnt offering, dedication and consecration to the Lord. First fruit. You give yourself to God. Grain offering mixed with oil, a drink offering, and it was all to be a sweet-smelling aroma to God, Leviticus 23, 12, and 13 says. An acceptable sacrifice to God. Those are the feasts that are seen here in the first eight verses. Two are mentioned, the other one is not. Now, when you get to verse 9 of chapter 16, from 9 on down to 12, you have the Feast of Weeks, or what's called the Feast of Pentecost. He says, you shall count seven weeks for yourself. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the grain. Then you shall keep the Feast of Weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of free will offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord your God blesses you. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons, your daughters, your manservants, your maidservants, the Levites whom are within your gate, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are among you at the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. Now, notice that they were to count seven weeks from the Sunday of the first fruits. Forty-nine days making it fall on Sunday again. Here in verse 9. Now the feast falls in June. It is the feast of Pentecost. So when Feast of Weeks, Feast of Pentecost, same feast. The feast celebrates now what? The summer harvest. We already have the spring. There's a summer harvest called the Feast of Harvest in Exodus 23, 16. Now they were to give a free will offering, notice that, of wheat. Two wave loaves with leaven, and it's called the first fruits to the Lord in Leviticus 23, 17. The first fruits to the Lord. Now, this is not the Feast of First Fruits, but here in the Feast of Pentecost, you gave your first fruits of this harvest as your evidence of your trust, your appreciation to God. Because God gave you the first fruits as evidence that the rest would follow just like He gave you. Now, they were to rejoice before the Lord. Notice that in verse 11, along with their families at the place that God chose. This is a repeated theme to rejoice before the Lord. When we come before the Lord, it should be a time of rejoicing. So often, we allow the blessings of God to be taken from us because of the things we do not have. You remember Haman? He had everything. He was second to the king. Except one thing. Mordecai would not bow to him. And because that one thing was not his, he threw everything else away. 
What a picture of so many Christians. They have so much and they're willing to throw it all away because they don't have that one thing. We're almost like Herod at times. The scripture says, and Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. We don't get our way, we get in trouble. We don't get our way, we start pouting, we start blowing our minds. We start saying, God, why me? Why, why now? Why do I have to go through this now? I don't understand it. We're so blessed. Let me ask you, did you sleep in a warm bed last night? You're blessed. Do you have good health? Oh, you're blessed. I see you all have clothes on. You're blessed. I presume you all drove a car in here. You're blessed. I presume you had gas for the car. You're blessed. What is the one or the two or the handful of things that you don't have and you're willing to throw away everything God has for you? What a picture of man. Rejoicing. A time of rejoicing. That's what it is. Notice also that they were to remember that they were slaves in Egypt. Oh, it's so important that you and I never forget our bondage in the world, a type of Egypt. Don't ever forget where God brought you from. Too often, time runs, and what happens is we start to exalt ourselves above others. And we say, well, you know, I wasn't as bad off as you. How bad off do you have to be to go to hell? Doesn't really matter, does it? And there's always a danger of self-righteousness as time runs. Oh, may we never forget that God saved us out of death and hell. Even you who are morally upright, he saved you by his grace. Now, that's the Feast of Pentecost. Falls in June. It's the Feast of Harvest, the summer. Now we come to the last feast here in verses 13 through 18, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. Listen to what he says. You shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your winepress. And you shall rejoice in your feast, and you and your sons and your daughters, your manservants, maidservants, the Levites, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, who are within your gates. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast of the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and all the works of your hand, so that you surely rejoice. Three times a year all of the males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, which he has given you. Now notice first in verse 13. The Feast of Tabernacles was to be seven days long. The feast would commence on the 15th of the seventh month, October, till the 21st of October. And you'll find that in Leviticus again, 2334. The first and the eighth day would also be Sabbath rest days like the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So you have, again, possibly three Sabbaths during that week. And you find that in Leviticus uh, 23, 35 through 36 uh, and also 39. Now, 
Notice that the feast here in verse 13 celebrated the ingathering of the year end or the final harvest. So you have now your third harvest. You have your spring, your summer, your fall. Three harvests. Remember in the Old Testament, many times we read the early rains and the latter rains. God would promise if they were faithful. Okay, this was the year end. Now, the specific offerings are given in Numbers 29, verse 12 through 40. Every day, different offerings were to be given. When you get a chance, read them. The feast was accompanied with burnt offerings. Again, dedication, consecration, grain offerings, drink offerings, and free will offerings. They were not to come empty-handed, and we'll get into that as we go down in these verses. The feast was observed by taking a branches, concentrating, I mean, constructing booths to live in for the seven days as a reminder of God bringing them through the wilderness. Enough room in the, in the wall so air comes through. I can see the sky. Today, Jews in Israel, the Orthodox Jews, build booths and live out their seven days in the Feast of Pentecost, Tabernacles. They do it even today. And you find that command in Leviticus 23, 40 through 43. Now, the feast was to be a time of rejoicing once again for all the blessings of God on the harvest. Verses 14 and 15 are very clear. Once again, we are so prone to grumble, complain, and to compare that so often we charge God with unfaithfulness. Instead of looking at all that he's given to us, all that he's done, and to say, Lord, you've been so good. Did not Jesus say in his parable about the servant, he says, after you've done all that's required of you, then turn around and say, I am an unprofitable servant. Wow, what a statement. Is Jesus insulting us? No. He's given us proper perspective. Even after we do all that we do in obedience, we're to turn around and say, we are unprofitable servants. Why? Because we are saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. What's the gift? The faith or the salvation? The salvation is a gift. So often we think we deserve what we get. Let me tell you, if you and I got what we deserve, we wouldn't be here this morning. Guaranteed. But it's easy to lose perspective, right? When we get our eyes off the Lord and the scriptures. And we start living by our own reason, by our own rationale, by our own feelings, by our own emotions, rather than the word of God. Now, the entire nation was to come to Jerusalem three times, but they were not to come empty-handed, it says verse 16 and 17. Notice in verse 17, the first portion, every man was to give as he was able. Where do we hear that again? In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, Paul speaks about the Corinthians giving, and he says that we were to give hilariously to the Lord, not begrudgingly, so they were not to come empty-handed, but as they were able. God is not interested in what you do not have. God is interested in what you do have. So when God asks us to give to him what belongs to him, it's not from what you don't possess, but from what you do possess. Each man as he is able. Secondly, he says, every man was to give according to the Lord as the Lord had blessed him. So as I am able and in proportion to. Now, am I telling you that if you give, you'll never lack or that God will give you 10 to your one? No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that God will honor your heart. Now, I've had some very difficult times. I've had some skimpy times. But you know what? God, here I am. I don't look like I'm starving, do I? 
See, God says it's in my heart more than anything else. And so he says, not empty-handed, as you are able, according to God has blessed you. Paul says the same thing, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, 8 and 9. The exact same thing. Look at all that God had done for him. Pastor Xavier Reese with today's simple truth about giving and receiving from the Lord. Now you can request a copy of today's important message from our study in the book of Deuteronomy called The Old Testament Feasts. It's available, as always, on CD for just $4. And make sure you pass it along to those in your church or Bible study. Now, the title to ask for once again is The Old Testament Feasts, or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. So with all the information available around us today, Pastor Xavier Reese says there's really only one resource that we need. Find out more when you join us for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com